What is going on, Brookie Nation? Welcome to Storybrook Circus. I am the Mackie Mouse. And I am Isla. Hello. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, for those of you who are following on our YouTube, you are seeing daylight for I the first know. time. That's got to be weird. <laughs> daylight, no makeup, no hair done. Yeah. This is rough. I'm so sorry, YouTube. But what's up? It's okay. Uh, but as you can see uh, by the titles, this is going to be our very, very first bonus episode uh, of the podcast, which I am just now actively realizing is completely going to throw our numbering system off for our episodes because now next week is going to be number 13 but episode 12 but luckily we only but have we to knew deal this with that was coming for, yeah yeah we did we did that's true so here's the deal uh we i'm gonna say this up front so that all the people who want to leave can leave in the first 30 seconds we are not watching the episode today this bonus episode uh, is actually going to be a review uh, of everything that we have uh, accomplished so far a little bit into the behind the scenes and um you know what what we've covered in the show so far it's a little bit of a you know a Q&A without the cues. That's really where we're going with this kind of vibe here. <laughs> yeah, and we won't hold it to you if you don't listen. And we understand. And I will take it's responsibility okay. for this. I'm going on vacation. So yeah, I will throw I myself traveling. under the bus. I'm traveling for <laughs> so the first time in 15 months. So you all can shove it for a week. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You earned this vacation. You Thank earned you every second. Thank you so much. So you yes. Um, yeah. But, you know, so, I feel yeah. like we need a nice little clout palate cleanser yeah i mean we've had we've had some amazing episodes leading up and frankly the next episode that's coming up is absolutely outstanding we didn't want really excited to burn that episode we didn't want we want to give it the justice it deserves yeah so we're doing technically the brookies a favor by not doing that episode this week you know you're welcome because now everybody's got to show up next week because next week, as we discussed in the promos from last week, Bell. next week will be the first Bell episode. First of many spoilers. But let me tell you, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> um, and when we were doing the prep for it, the amount of production notes that are in it and the amount of Easter eggs. And it's it's one of the writers who has done two episodes before. It's Jane Espenson. Uh, and we discovered that she's really got got a thing for easter eggs and hidden things in in her writing so there i thought that the uh what was it true north is was that the yeah if you listen to our big episode 10 oh the, sorry it's 7 15 a.m yeah episode 10 you know that we love a good heavy production note episode yeah we gotta dedicate we didn't know the that. time for it though we yeah, yeah we're learning these things along the way as you know we're turns out three hour episodes are not not things to be scared of uh and and you guys out there thank you again you were very supportive of that same idea that you're like no this is great obviously we're not going to do that every time because every episode is not that heavy it's not worthy um, it's not not yeah. every episode is a five-star episode and we know this yeah, we don't know if this is a five star episode yet, but it certainly has a lot of lot of lot of meat potential. to it. So, um, yeah, a lot of potential. Yeah, so we, I think we're we're finally settling on like we're not going to watch the episode beforehand. I think that's where we are. Like I used to watch them before to try and like do my quote unquote homework per se. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the party. I've been doing this from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, so Isla's just like, no, I'm not going to watch it. Uh, and now I'm kind, I kind of do to Isla's point, really like the uh, surprise and mystery because I'm thinking of stuff like 7:15 a.m. 
uh, kiss at the end. I'm sorry. Uh, there was, I don't know what's going to top that for me. I've, I know. And if I had seen that moment beforehand and I wouldn't have experienced That's what the I like, mean. utter shock because I don't remember. If I watched detail. that the night before or, you know, two nights before, I would not have felt how I felt about it. And now no. it's and one of my top too. moments, which oh, I mean, that's what this episode is for so is to talk about our, our tops yes, and our lows here. Is. And that kiss at the end of episode 10 was truly, I don't know what is going to beat that for me yeah you're right i ripped my uh, microphone i ripped my headphones out of my mic you sure did as you sure did it was very entertaining to watch and i wish that we had video of it, but we were already <laughs> not taping video um so okay uh, f- forgive us because this is our this is our first one of these kind of variety episodes there is not really a, a, a given structure for this i wanted to see how this plays out and then for the next one of these types we're going to take everything we learned from this episode and we're going to like make a little bit more structure. So uh, if you were joining us for the first time on this episode, hey. go watch, listen to the last one, Fruit of the Poisonous Trees. Great episode. Great. Uh, not just uh, like our episode, but like the episode of the show. Uh, please don't judge us on this episode. Judge us on episode 11. <laughs> uh, and and uh, thank you for your patience in, in us trying to figure out what, what this is going to be. And please uh, feel free to give us some feedback, speaking of which, uh, when you hear this, if, if you liked this kind of freeform thing, if you'd like us to do more of these, uh, as we talk about every single uh, podcast episode, we have a section that we call the Daily Mirror that I would like to debut a new sound effect for for the <gasps> first time. That like nobody's nobody's heard this in the previous episodes. I just made it today. Are you ready? This is uh, our the Storybrook Daily Mirror. By the way, speaking of behind the scenes, before we get into it, um, that sound effect is historical footage of real newsboys from the 20s like those are actually got kids on the street selling newspapers so i know we do that extra extra read all about it noise and we've done that but what is funny is that every time i hear that i picture for all of our um disney fan listeners i picture spaceship earth when you go through that one scene where the boy is saying extra extra read all about it And Uh it's funny that you put that new sound in it because it literally sounds like the music that plays when that voice chimes in to tell you more, whatever her name is, the actress that Uh, does the um, narration. That's the sound that like chimes in when she's going to tell you something about the next room. So when I when you first played it before we started recording, I was like, wow, this is really this is really on brand for Spaceship Earth. I wonder if you did it on purpose or if I'm just being like super Disney adult about it. But it it works. First of all, it would be amazing if I really did make that very obscure uh, reference. But what's crazier is that I was like in your head and doing like I did the thing like was, why are we was, the same I don't, I don't know but when i heard it i was like whoa i like this, this is why we have but a i'm not gonna say together, why guys, i like it because that's embarrassing <laughs> no i love that that's a that's an amazing uh connection i i really do i i, <laughs> I wish i had thought of it but we'll say that the show thought of it because we get to both take credit for yeah. it so uh storybook circus uh has an easter egg in the newsboy <laughs> daily mirror sound effect for spaceship earth if you're a disney fan um anyway there's a lot of rambling, which is what we do on the show. Isla, would you like to explain to the listeners uh, what the Daily Mirror typically is? So, yes, show? it's our very exclusive club that you can <laughs> yes, join. Very. We're going to mix that up a little bit. All right. We're, we're we're looking for some help on this, guys. We yes. 
we want to hear from you. So I've tried to say it in a bunch of different ways. And I'm going to deliver it another different way. We want you to call or text in or write us a five-star review or join our Discord. Our conversations on Discord are literally everything to me. I love them. Our friends on there are great. You leave us ratings on Apple Podcasts, and we love that as well, but you're not writing words. (laughs) We want to see the words. I loves words. She really likes words. I love reading them. I love stumbling upon these words, and it's (laughs) phenomenal. So do that. Leave us a five-star review if you have an Apple device, and that's what you're listening to your podcast on. And then our phone number. Yes. It is used for voicemail and text messages, and you will not get a reply from us. So do not have that fear when you call in that maybe I'll answer and I'll be like, oh, my God, what's going on? What'd you have for dinner tonight? I won't do that. (laughs) I won't keep you on the phone. Leave a voicemail. Tell us how you feel about the episode. Or you can text us on that same number. And what we're looking for some basics right now. We want you to text us or call us and say, hey, it's John from Iowa. Have a great day. And we just we want to collect a map of Brookies. Yeah. We want to cover yeah, yeah, yeah. the states or continents. Shout out Alicia. Shout out our <laughs> yeah our European friends. Uh, this is this is true. This is a new thing that we are we are trying to do. We may or may not have a separate segment for it. It certainly would be a part of the daily uh, Storybrook Daily Mirror section. Um, so more or less, this is really just a dedicated to you section of the show where we would yeah. like to hear from you, your contribution to either a previous episode, what you think about, like what we are talking about or what you, th- you think about the episode. Cause this is really meant to feel like we're all hanging out in the living room and watching the show and everybody's got their opinion on it. So tell us what that opinion is. If you're a Regina Stan or you really love some future character that hasn't come out yet, just, uh, you know, let us know and we'll start a conversation about it. And that's I can't of, uh, express how genuine we are when we say we want to hear from you, not, <laughs> not to like put on, the, not even honestly to put on the podcast, but because we genuinely love talking about this show so much yeah enough that where we created a fake now real podcast where we are re-watching the show but the ideas that you can come up with because they leave it so loose-ended sometimes on these episodes Mm -hmm. as we've seen there's so many different interpretations and i love hearing what other people's interpretations are how they feel and how they connect with each character because i really do think it's different for everyone just because um stories like this that you have been read to and taught since you were a child are obviously read differently across the board yeah from different authors on different cultures even tell the Mm -hmm. stories differently so it's always going to be something new and you're always going to learn something new and hearing about it specifically one of the episodes we had on discord was does gold know what he's doing at all times is there always an ulterior motive for gold and some people said yes some people said what do you mean? Why are you asking that? Obviously. And some people were like, mm, maybe he's just trying to like ride on the coattails of this like creepy vibe he has going on. Right, right. But it's just cool to hear everyone's different opinions. So if you want to call in or text in or write a review or whatever. Do that. Do it. Uh, if you want to, this number that she's referring to, if you'd like to call or text is 207-536-8512. That's 207-536-8512. Um, so we're, one of the big things that 
that we want to do with this potential new segment is uh, remove some of the the uh, anxiety around like, well, but what do I say when I call in? Like, I, I want to sound like I don't want to sound dumb or whatever. Um, we literally just want you to say hello so that we know that you're there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we just like it. So it's really just tell us what your name is. Tell us where you're from and say hi. And then we'll be like, hey, John from Wisconsin says hi. And we're just going to go through the list and we're going to say we're going to we're going to say hi to each other through us <laughs> on the show. And I am super um, nerdy and I like knowing where people are from in a not weird way. Um, yeah. I think either myself or one of our fabulous um, Storybrook. What do we call them? What? Our brookies? No, not the brookies. The people that write things. What is that word? Oh, uh, our city clerks. Oh my god, thank you. City clerk. Yeah. One of our city clerks yeah. is going to make a beautiful map, and we're going to find out where you're all from. <sighs> I love that. So I can see I'm now geographic locations. I love this. I mean, we, it's not even just one person, by the way. We, we have, have a team of city clerks that that like do our drinking game rules, and we'll get into that a little later in the show. But... um, uh. So yeah, we'll we'll put it to the team and say who wants to make a, a like a, a pin map of of where everyone is from, which I think will be really cool to find out. I can see uh, in our distribution like what the geographic locations are. Um, obviously, most of our listeners are going to be from from the United States, but like also where in the United States and in and who you know are I mean? so, you? Like, yeah, we just we just want to we want to know who we're talking to. Analytics really aren't going to tell us the person behind the pod. Like we want to yeah. know we want to know who's picking up and pressing play. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Storybrook is a small town. We need to know every single resident. (laughs) Yes, that's true. It's small, but also very big. It's also large. (laughs) Super big. (laughs) There's a toll bridge. Um, uh, we also do have a an Instagram as of right now. It's uh, the SBC pod, uh, is our Instagram and I had a thought to start something else and I oh, it was going to be a Facebook gr- group. And it's only because I've just recently discovered that there are uh, like a lot of the Once Upon a Time fans that watched when the show was out are they're on Facebook and they're uh, kind of an older demographic and don't have other social media types. Um, and and on top of that, that a lot of podcast uh, communication basically sits on facebook a lot so there's a lot of people who are used to having podcast facebook groups um isla and i are fairly young so we're not really facebook people uh so which is why this this weird discord you keep hearing about which is not a a widely used social media gathering spot uh is our tool of choice uh it's actually a gaming um chat device but it is a very, very cool place that is gaining a lot of popularity thanks to Twitch and live stream things and stuff um, to just gather a bunch of people together and have them talk to each other. So the Storybook Daily Mirror is our way for you to contribute. And those are all the ways that you can do so. Uh, and we thank the people that have done so, so far. Um, so if you'd like to submit something for next week's uh, episode, if you're excited about Bell or if you're excited about our previous episode, then then you can do do that um so i guess we should uh this is this is about the time of the show we talk about the uh the episode and like all the production notey things um but as we're not doing a show today i figure we can um take this time to talk about uh some production notes on um kind of our show and like how we do stuff uh, in case anyone is uh even mildly interested in, in that super nerdy uh topic um 
So we we talked about our our backgrounds in the first very very first episode. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of cool to to talk about talk about it again for the people who missed the pilot episode or want some more in depth stuff and our connections with Once Upon a Time, especially since now we 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 dug in a little bit with the show and uh, how do we feel about about you know. How, how what is what is the production notes and what's in the hatch and these kind of easter eggs are have these changed how you see the show like like the since the first time that you watched like what is your new experience doing it this way versus just like watching a tv show and then moving on to the next episode so first of all i finally remembered why and how i started watching once upon a time yeah when it first came out it was when i was working at the tanning salon back in the day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's not much to do when you work at a tanning salon besides check people in and clean the tanning booths. No. Right. So there's a lot of downtime. So I would always bring my laptop and I would always watch something on Netflix. That was mm-hmm. the only use for my laptop when I was like 19 years old was to sure, watch yeah. things. I, watch TV. <laughs> so bad. Um, and I like stumbled upon it on Netflix. There was like four or five seasons already uploaded. And I was like, this is great. I can like keep this on as my version of background noise while I'm doing random tasks like no big mm-hmm. deal and I ended up sitting there like oh my gosh what's what's gonna happen like this is so great this is a great yeah. show and now I still feel that it's a great show but ever since you discovered and let us know that this was a soap opera and not oh man a drama it like changed so my different. entire perspective of the show nothing feels cheesy anymore it does and I know that I make jokes but it's not like, oh my god, like this is like so. But annoying. it doesn't feel out of place. Though. No, like, it, it feels, feels like the perfect. kind of cheesy it's supposed to be. Yeah. So I and I forgot about Lost because I watched it mm-hmm. when I was still in like middle or early high school. So now that ha- while I'm rewatching Lost at the same time that we're doing this podcast, it's fun oh, to pick up on and how man. these episodes basically mirror lost in the Mm -hmm. way that they're structured you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's fun to pick up on all of that and watch it and know because you always watched in the beginning credits of once upon a time that it said adam horowitz and whatever his name is um uh edward kitsis and you see those names at the end of every lost episode so it's like you knew that it was related somehow but not how much it intertwined Mm -hmm. so that's cool yeah and like even the even just the style of storytelling just right. like okay for instance okay let's talk about lost a little bit for a second because obviously we know the uh, once upon a time executive producers uh were writers on lost and got a lot of their initial mentorship from damon lindelof who's the creator of lost and in their time on that show um you know it uh it it really crafted their storytelling style and not just within each episode but these like lost is known for long games long game storytelling and character arcs right and from like a surface level it doesn't seasons. make sense it does not make any sense okay i have some other stuff to talk i feel like i need to talk to you about it off air because it's way too spoilery but i i discovered some things uh going f- like towards the end of the show that make re-watching this first season it's like the equivalent of like everybody talks about the marvel cinematic universe and watching it in in chronological order yeah. which is basically watching the end first 
just changes the way everything looks. But I feel like I have, I feel like it's even too spoilery for a show that's not about Lost. For because if there are some some rookies out there who are also like us rewatching Lost or maybe haven't seen Lost and are watching it for the first time, I don't kind of want to give it. I away. don't want to ruin Lost for anyone because it, yeah, it pays off. It pays off so well. And I know a lot of people, this is a very controversial uh, take that it uh, pays off. A lot of people are like, no, it didn't pay off. They just phoned it in. I disagree. But uh, they they do try to wrap things up, whether people agree with it or not. But I will have that conversation with you when we're off the air. However, um, uh, in in Lost, right, the way that Edward and Adam were taught this master class of, of a, a brand new, really, storytelling type, type because... Before Lost, no one had ever done that before. No one had ever... I mean, flashbacks were a thing, but, like, the way that time manipulation is used Woven and the way into that, the story, the flashbacks, like, it's... Yeah. Oh, my God. It's too... It's... It's... It is... It's not just time travel, per se. It is the way that the uh, butterfly effect works in this is a... Is a, is a technique that hasn't really been used before right and like to give an example to this which is not really a spoiler alert is like you meet these two characters i just finished watching up their background episode walt and his dad he's mm -hmm. this kid with the dog and he's stuck on this island with his dad and you're they're not getting along and you just think oh my gosh this is like a preteen kid not getting along with his dad you find out he didn't know his dad for nine years right and he was only and you don't find that out until episode 13 or something it's like really late yeah, you just and you're assume just like, it's just a all of a sudden kid. it connects and you're like, this makes so much sense why there is yeah. so much tension between these characters. It's because the only time they've spent together was on this flight that just crashed in the middle of the ocean. Right. So and they like do this was their first. Yeah. Right. They do this with Lost and they do it with Once Upon a Time. And it is wild to watch. Right. And the time. example of like uh, d- having something in episode 13 loop back around and pay off to episode one and two that's just within the, <laughs> the first season. pilot episode where you didn't even know right. if it would get picked out back then like right yeah literally and then okay so like just that loop back in within the first season they keep doing bigger fractal versions of that it's like, where, like something you see yeah the, exactly it's like a weird yeah. sewing pattern wow <laughs> i sew one t-shirt and suddenly i'm just creating these analogies oh yeah she's like as a sewing expert so yeah, i can I'm really a, connect this i'm a seamstress now thank you <laughs> well we applaud uh your expertise on the show it's, it's valued is all i'm saying um but but having that loop back within one season they do these versions of that where yeah well they also have bigger things in the story loop back from season five back to season one as a whole or things that you thought they rewrite that it's just like a lot of back and forth of like the entire show you're kept on your toes because everything that you know and everything that you're told is not necessarily what you think it is you know what i mean like the in the whole first first season they're like you know they visually they'll do something for instance which this really doesn't have much to do with the plot it's not even also not really a spoiler i don't know why we always like justify our this isn't a spoiler but like we're gonna get yelled at i don't care um <laughs> uh in the in like the third episode right they have shots of walt looking at a comic book you just think it's a real, oh, I found it. And his dad's like, go out in Spanish. And you're, you're thinking this is just like a like a father and son squib- squabble, you know? And he's like, I like the pictures. And they, they they don't linger on the shot very long, but they they show a polar bear and they show these other things. And then like two scenes later in the jungle, a random polar bear comes out and starts chasing them. And you're like, 
Okay, so these people are being chased by a smoke monster in, in episode one, and trees are getting knocked down. This thing is, like, randomly killing people. They don't know what it is. And then a polar bear shows up, and we're in the jungle. What the hell is this place, and what's going on? So they establish that mystery by planting these, like, little tiny things of, like, it's awfully coincidental that he's, like, looking at a comic of a polar bear, right. and a polar bear shows up. And then you, like, you don't even find out why the polar bear is there until, like, three four seasons from now where they have to establish all this other story yeah. and then when they pay off why it happens immediately you're like oh that random thing i didn't even care about in episode one of just like oh it's another mystery is like now detailed and explained and has a whole thing and now that rewrites all of your assumptions that you made in season one so it really engages you in an interactive way to like stay engaged with the story because you don't know when they're going to flip it on its head and create some new, you know, magic rule. Yeah, that, exactly. You know, and in, in the case of Once Upon a Time, there's actual magic involved. So they can break the laws of physics and time travel and like all these kinds of things, you know, because um, there's no like wizards in Lost <laughs> that can no. do like, you know, but they, but there are like mysterious properties that serve as unexplained version of magic. Yeah, you know? unexplained happenings yeah. is the best way the, to put it. The tie-ins between not just the way that you experience it as a viewer from a story perspective, but also like the, for the first time, you know, not for the first time, but, but they made a whole thing out of using a flashback, not just as boring exposition. You know what I mean? Like you just, you just go uh, the first time a viewer says, I wonder why that character is doing that. They'll immediately like have some big sound and then some fuzzy color correction to show you that it's like a dream sequence. And then they'll show you something that happened six weeks ago or six years ago or something that explains the character's motivation today and what you're seeing. That's been done before. But the way that the episodes are like, this episode will be a dedicated backstory to this person. And it will bounce around in time, but all rotating and revolving around this one character. And then in the next episode, we're going to change with who the episode, who the character hinge hinges around. Because previously, time travel was very much hinging around an event in time. Mm -hmm. Not a specific right? person and their story. Exactly. So like a back to the future style, you know, time travel will be, you know, someone steals a, an almanac, you know, and then the things that stealing that almanac, the event that, that that affects, affects all these other people around it, right? The people are secondary. Whereas in Lost, you know, it's where was this person sitting on the plane? What were they doing before they got on the plane? Why were they even in Australia? How did they end up, you know, crossing paths? Like, you know. What what uh, do their previous life skills bring to the table on the island? Like they really hinge around like, and that's a really good way to develop characters. Mm -hmm. Well, once upon a time, as we are seeing the entire first season um, is all about structuring the show that way where you show Storybrooke, you show now and you're doing these like flashbacks to the Enchanted Forest, bounce around in time once again. But the entire time you're doing it through the viewpoint of one single character or one couple. And then you're just all the things that that couple affects. And then you like shift over to a different character and then who they affect. But then sometimes those characters cross over because they're in the same place at the same time. So it really gets complicated in that way. And you're 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 taking your time to have the character development happen one character at a time. <laughs> Which is important instead of trying to develop an ensemble character, like you know, Which is the what whole they do town with movies. And that's why you never yes. like the movie as much as you like a book. If yep. if you're a reader, um, I I always tell people if there is a movie that is based on a book, 
whether you listen to it on audio or you actually pick it up and read yeah. it, it is so yeah. much more worth it to read the books because they have the time. They have 400 yes. pages to fill when in a movie, two hours might seem like a long time to you. It is not enough time to develop what you need to make sure that there's like substance. I also just want to get it out there before we hear it in the recording. There is actual <laughs> construction going on in my house right now. I can't. <laughs> like, I thought these people were going to be done by now, but apparently not. Uh, so, well, yeah, uh, if you um, hear construction, I apologize. And this is my real life. Thank you. <laughs> I found the place to use that sound effect. Every finally. time somebody in my life does not respect my recording time, that noise <laughs> gets <right> really. <laughs> oh god, I love that. That's hilarious. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we 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 love Lost in this podcast. Isla and I are both rewatching Lost on the side while we're watching Once Upon yeah, a Time. Yeah, so like we podcast. don't seem like these like weirdos that are just weirdly overly obsessed with this Lost show. Like we are, but at least it's justified because we're rewatching it. We're not just like, oh my god, remember that one episode, season one, episode thirteen, where right, Walt right, does right, this? Yeah. We watched it yeah. like two nights ago, so it's we did. not yeah, that that's weird. That's true. That's true. And I, I do like. Uh, priming ourselves for the um pre-show to the edward and adam uh, style as as we get through these seasons and as the show progresses through season two and three as we see how they um call back to things that they are setting up very silently very subconsciously in season one so and that's kind of what i want to talk about now was some really cool things that they are doing in season one, up until this point, so we've watched 11 episodes so far, and up until this point, most of them have hinged around Rumpelstiltskin, and it's really because he has a pawn shop. So we so we, we come back from the Enchanted Forest, uh, we're in Storybrooke, we're dropped into two different timelines, right? We're, follow, we're doing flashbacks in Enchanted Forest, and Storybrooke time is happening real time, um, or it started real time, and then it started to skip around, but uh, we assume... That the Enchanted Forest placing a curse on... I saw some people talking on Facebook about, like, Maine is not that big for the Enchanted Forest to be this huge. And they were, and people are like, you know, like that, if, if the Enchanted Forest and Storybrooke existed in the same space. And they're like, well, we think that Storybrooke is like the gateway. It's like almost like a overlapping of dimensions, the if worlds. you will. Yeah. Where it's like, it's like okay, door. so the Enchanted... Right. The Enchanted Forest thing, it doesn't exist on the same plane as Maine does also, on the same physical Maine space. Is- rather large so it might i mean it might you're right i mean have you ever been to maine yeah maine is kind of crazy it's the middle of nowhere i mean it's it's definitely bigger than the states that come below it that are like 10 miles look at rhode island (laughs) rhode island and like (laughs) i didn't know rhode island was a state until i was like 16 years old okay so (laughs) yeah you're like isn't that like a town by the beach i don't know it was a city (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but so, okay. So when the enchanted forest was, uh, I I suppose transformed, if you will, into storybook, right? Mm -hmm. There, there, there are equivalents, obviously the equivalent of people, the characters from the enchanted forest were given their memories were wiped. They were given new personas and they existed within this town. But then the archetypes, it seems like were also, um, replicated from whatever they did before. So, or somewhat, right? Occupations. and levels of authority as well, like Jiminy, as an example, like Jiminy Cricket being a conscious becoming a therapist. Like there's a little bit of a correlation there, right? But then Geppetto literal locations. Like a worker. Trollbridge, Tollbridge. Trollbridge, Tollbridge, that's right. Uh, um, and even Regina is in uh, the city's 
castle, essentially, right. at City Hall. You know what I mean? And where um, Daddy Regina is, um, you know, her heart's container. Oh, the, uh, yes. The what is mausoleum, that, a mausoleum? Right. Yeah. It's a, yeah. The, the like, basement or the, where Daddy Reg, the mausoleum, yeah. May he, re- so, like, do they transport all of the dead bodies or just? Uh, the, well, that's a good question. I don't think their bodies come over. I think. Just, like, the landmarks? But the hearts do. So. But the hearts did. She packed those. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they ever really get into the specifics of the kind of of the, the curse, behind it. Yeah. the stipulations. <laughs> well, the, well, they they sort of do because we're we're going to get into some more complex curse thing. Obviously, so so everything that we're leading up to is how do we break the curse? That's the whole point of this entire portion of the show. Operation Cobra. <laughs> Operation Cobra. Uh, can we break the curse? How do we do it? And obviously. You know, Henry brought Emma here to be, and she's called the savior. So we know they're going to figure out how to break the curse. So really, the question is like, <laughs> is like, what happens? You know, how how do they get there? And then what happens after they break the curse? Those mm-hmm. are like we is don't know what's, what's that. Was that was that look like? Right? I don't know. Um, we do know. So, I mean, we do. We do. But but maybe you don't. Um, so, as I was saying before, the Enchanted Forest replicating things over in the in Storybrooke. Mr. Gold, uh, his character in the Enchanted Forest of Rumpelstiltskin, was a person who collected things. And we're starting to get little bits and pieces of that in season one, where um, Snow goes to him and she's like, I need this... You know, formula to make me forget, and he's and she's like, "What do you want to return?" He's like, "A hair," and he gets a a thing here and a thing. He wants the enchanted wand from the Cinderella episode. You you notice that he's starting to collect things. First, so his character, well, also people, (laughs) also people, um, uh, the puppets. You know, he says uh, when he's dealing with Jiminy, he's like, "What what what happens afterwards?" Oh, I'll go collect them, and that'll be my fee. He's he's a collector. That's what he's doing. You don't know why yet. Uh, we will eventually find out why but as a storybook real life non-magical version of a collector would be a pawn shop owner so he's a guy who collects trinkets and sells them in this pawn shop that makes sense it's just one for one well the actual things that exist in you know within storybook in general paintings on the wall in city hall and in people's apartments things like the apples things like uh, the blankets and drapes and stuff we've already talked about this like they have correlations in the real space the some of the the paintings the artwork that are in the castles and stuff show up in people's houses and story right. they are real they they went somewhere physically which kind of indicates this like mass is mass science idea right that the, the stuff didn't disappear and, and reappear that it got transformed somehow but the mass is still there it's still represented physically yeah so mr gold's pawn shop is full of basically enchanted forest uh magical items some of which are actually magical and some have just carried over from from the place so there's all sorts of things in there that nobody's talking about yet we saw the puppets in the very very next episode that was episode three i believe in the next episode or sorry we saw the puppets in snow falls which was episode two and then episode three, that's still small voice. We find out where the puppets come from. This is the coolest part about this style of storytelling is that they've planted subconsciously without having a character go, what are these weird puppets? And he's like, don't worry about that. Right. You don't have to do that in the script. Which we love. <laughs> we do love. We do love. But but the idea of having this like just 
half a second too long camera shot go over mm-hmm. these puppets and then never talk about them and then right away in the next episode at the all the way at the end of the episode they show you where it comes from they're already planting the idea in your head that like oh things in the background matter and they come from someplace and they tie so then you start getting used to uh subconsciously embedding some of those props and background things in your head like the Graham episode before you find out he's the hunter they show a deer and it looks like a deer but it's really a picture and then the first thing that happens is Graham throws a dart into the deer's face yeah <laughs> like you're you're telling me that this that there's a connection there so that style of tori- storytelling is also a lost a thing that lost did really really well is implanting uh for instance, if you know anything about Lost, and I'll try and do this without spoiling you, in the third episode, sorry, the second episode of Lost, the, the pilot part two, uh, one of the characters, John Locke, is pl- randomly playing backgammon for no reason at all. <laughs> no reason that justifies this beginning part. And you find out not only is backgammon important, in season six they explain why, um, but he explains this concept of you know, Walt comes over and is like, what is it? Is that, is that checkers? And he's like, no, this game is way better than checkers. And he's like, why? And he, and he tries to explain the rules of backgammon. And he says, there's two sides. There's a white side and a black side. And they're both fighting for power over each other. And it, the idea of backgammon is who's going to win. Is it white or black? And then they just never talk about that again. And that when that becomes something that you remember from season one, it'll blow your friggin' mind. Ooh. That you're like, oh my God, wait. Not only is this just like, oh, what a nice nod. You're like, oh, actually the meaning of this entire show is not what I thought it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's intense. It's hard to say that without I all know, of the spoilers that but... come with it. But it's really important. <laughs> and like that planting of an idea in the second episode of the whole show and not paying it off for another hundred episodes is an incredibly patient game in writing. And they are doing it right now just with the pawn shop elements of like... It's working. The chess set that fell on his head was in King George's castle. Nobody talks about it, but it's there. And we've pointed it out. The puppets, the random Disney elements that are in the cases. Like, you know, there's a quill pen that is sitting on the shelf and the thing that becomes important. Like, all these things become important. And, like, they're making you as a viewer better at finding them now obviously if you're listening to our show we're, we're pointing them out because we're looking at the wikipedia honestly it's not because we found them because i don't find any of these things they're really hard to point out people are like this is what the third line of the newspaper article said uh we paused it it was like four frames and uh we we transcribed the entire news article yeah, some of them are very obscure it, guys what are you doing anyway i think that that is something that makes this show special beyond it's a soap opera and it's cheesy and charming and snow falling and love is blah. Like it's goes beyond that from an artistic standpoint. It is, it really does catch you off guard and it makes you think. And I love that about this show. And I love that about Lost too. Do you have a favorite example of something that was like so far out of the 11 episodes, uh, a favorite moment that was like subtly referenced and then became the important part of the whole thing. So I think the dolls episode is the biggest one that we've seen so mm-hmm. far because it's like it was an actual gasp moment. Yeah. When you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, he's first of all a bad guy. Oh, like yeah. I think I love like doesn't care. I think I love those moments where we're learning more and more about Rumple because he is the most complex character on the show, I think. I think oh, most yeah. people can agree with that. 
Um, also, wait, no, I do have a favorite one, and it is about Rumple. It is the homeless man. Mm. Okay, tell us a little bit about that. So, um, in that episode, you know, Rumple is pre Dark One. Rumple. It is when he is like a sheep, basically, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what to do in this the town homeless man. It's kind of. Which kind of reminds me of Beauty and the Beast when the old beggar woman comes to the door and is like, yes, can I have a yes. place to sleep? And then when the Beast turns her away, she becomes this angel who is like, okay, guess what? You were a jerk to me. I'm cursing you forever. Goodbye. Right, right. So it's like this. The homeless man tells him, oh, you should do this. Like antagonizing him. You should become the dark one because then you can be powerful. Mm-hmm, and you're thinking... Mm-hmm. This guy is just on the outside of this town the whole time. He has nothing to gain, nothing to lose by this. So he's probably just creating entertainment for himself. And you think nothing of it because they do not make a big deal out of it. I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not this big character that you just see in the background every time Rumpel does something. Like he shows up. <laughs> Rumpel is nice like with to the, him. R- like twirling his mustache. Yeah. And like, like, ooh, doing yeah, yeah, like very boiler hat man. Um, right. Oh, the boiler hat. Oh, the boiler hat. <laughs> Um, so you like don't think anything of it, and then right at the very end, when Rumple defeats the Dark One, it, that scene was very clunky. But um, because you can see his face, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but but it but it but almost doesn't matter. When the cloak comes off, you see the Dark One that Rumple just defeated was the homeless man, and he had this plan where he really could have just said, "Yo, man, help me out," but he didn't, and it paid off mm-hmm, because it was mm-hmm. just one of those <gasps> aha. Oh my gosh, this all connects and makes sense. Right. Yeah. I liked I really liked that moment a lot. I I uh I think next to the the like Graham Enchanted Forest reveal of mm-hmm. like who he was, because he was such a main character and we hadn't had any clues as to who he who was. Who he was, right. Um, in fact, I don't even know if they knew who he was because he he had to get written off so quickly that they might have just made that up on the spot. But um the the where that was going um i think was was really cool uh but i i do i do think that because our love for rumpelstiltskin and how complex he is is going to become such a thing throughout the show uh the only person next to him that really is fun to unwrap is peter pan and that's not going to be for a really long time right. in terms of complexity and like really deep like it's not just what you think it's not just a a, a simple <clears throat> version of uh, a character type, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Rumpelstiltskin just seems like uh, mischievous. He's he's somebody who you know, uh, it seems like he is getting in the way for fun, and then you realize that it's really dark. Like, oh, he just let these people die and become puppets. Like that was. It's not just like fun and games. And then you realize that that is not inherent to his character. That he was he uh, inherited that through a lineage of other things mm-hmm. and it wasn't like he was just always like this like you you get the idea that regina is very dark from we've kept going back in regina's past and every single time we go back she was still we still haven't found regina's ruthless. trauma yet we're getting yeah there. like where is she become evil she's just like because we, we did this last one fruit of the poisonous tree and we're like oh my god she's so pretty and she's nice and in the end the end of the episode we're like oh nope she's still <laughs> probably one of her and... more evil moments like yeah and i yeah. know that that was very early on in her transition to becoming the true evil queen that she ended up becoming for the curse but that was like a very calculated dirty yeah 
ugly Regina that we saw. Beautiful, looked stunning, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Ooh. Well, yeah, I, I, I do think, yeah, I, the, I think we agree that the Rumpelstiltskin, um, the reveal that Rumpelstiltskin is not what you think he is, uh, is my is probably my favorite. Next, and then the second favorite is uh, Graham, although it doesn't really pay off a lot because he then gets written off. Um, but, but the idea that anybody could be anybody in the, in the town feels uh, fun, feels exciting that you that you'll find out a, you know something really deep in somebody's skeleton you know in their closet um about what's going on uh so typically this is the part of the show where we name an mvp and we do ratings and stuff um the mvp this week is me is isla um, for taking a vacation thank you for uh mental health this is uh this is self-care this is our example of self-care here <laughs> I give this episode um, five gold stars. <laughs> this MVP deserves five Mr. Gold gold stars. Um, so let's go through the episodes really quick. And let's just uh, talk about how we feel about them. A, a, a quick uh, synopsis of where we are in the episode so that we can set up next week. So pilot episode. This is a this is setting up Charming and Snow, right? As you recall, uh, it starts out seeing them getting married and Regina very uh, Maleficent like is like, I stopped this wedding. I hate you. And I, you're not going to be happy and I'm going to make sure of it for the rest of my life. Um, and that uh, Snow White and Charming have a daughter. Right. And that you're introduced to the idea that the, the, and then they lived happily ever after is not the ending of the story that there's a lot more going on. Uh, do you have a favorite part of this episode i feel like i have a favorite part of each episode like we we have ratings for each of these episodes um and i feel like i remember like what that episode like why was this like in one sentence why is this episode important to the arc of the story the first episode yeah yeah it's just called pilot but like oh mine is when henry shows up at emma's door that is the best part when he goes hi you're my mom and she's like like, no actually he goes hi i'm i'm your son and she goes i don't have a kid and we're like wait hold on yeah and she did yeah, yeah. she did have a kid right. yeah duh. <laughs> what a silly like, thing to is, say like you yeah, don't forget i, didn't, I that think you, you were birth. there you remember right <laughs> um and i like the like no fucks given from the from the very start henry is to the point he is just we he love is, henry love he's henry. a little grumpy old man and he's best at it right he really is and he dresses like it too and i love him so much um okay so we're introduced to all the characters right we know all the players now um we get who they are in storybrook we kind of start to get a general idea of who they are in the enchanted forest and it seems like we're really hinging around regina's hatred in between snow white and charming and all the other things that affects right okay so the next episode the thing you love most episode two this is uh this is a getting a little bit more into the why so we're talking about regina we're talking about how she ended up in that place where like why does she hate them in the first place like what is going on why like what is the deal with this curse henry keeps talking about what say you about this episode this is uh regina is really trying to get emma out of storybook right and she doesn't want him messing with henry she's doing the, the mom thing and freaking out uh and then like you realize what the evil queen has to do to make the curse happen what's the standout moment in this episode for you i think we i think we have the same one right is it do we have to rehash this moment where regina just absolutely bodies her father like yeah just annihilates her her 
flesh and blood. With direct, I think we should really eye contact. Like she looks at him oh, yeah. while he is like, dying at her close. hand, her physical hand. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's an intense moment. Um, kills her own dad in order to make this curse happen. Um, and what's even worse about this is we don't know why. Why she is so angry and why she would go to the limit of murdering her father who is literally begging for his life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just read this on the wiki. I, I never said this in this in the, in the episode because I wasn't pulling out deleted scenes yet. There's apparently a deleted scene in that episode where it says that Henry's lying on the bed and Regina comes in and she's trying to persuade him to go to therapy. Like, they, they never... She's just in therapy, right? Well, this, they taped a scene where she's persuading him to go for the first time and he's like i don't want to go and she's like i really think you should talk to someone and then he gets up and regina tries to give him the book back uh and says i was really harsh in taking the book i'm really sorry and he says i don't want it and then he like throws it on the bed and then she leaves or he leaves the room and then she has this big maniacal smile on her face which is a lot to tell about that manipulating part of her of like she's willing to do the like here you can have it if you want like she bluffs really well really really well she knows where the stakes are and she knows how to make it feel like the person she's manipulating is in control and it's not yeah and that's real gaslighting that's like expert gaslighting um so that's kind of interesting i never really i never saw that all right, so episode two, we find out Regina's relationship with uh, with Rumpelstiltskin as well, while Rumpelstiltskin is in jail. We also meet Rumpel in jail. He's in captivity when we first are introduced to his character, which is interesting, too, that we're, like, we're introduced in. past the point of sanity kind of person. Oh, yeah, he's a like, lunatic. absolutely bonkers. He's, like, giggling and doing all kinds of weird, weird. things, right? His little... <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, his giggles are the best. So episode one, we're introduced to players. Episode two, we really get a deep dive into like Regina's real hatred and stuff and the, the lengths to which she will go to, you know, execute that hatred. Um, and then episode three, Snow White and Prince Charming. So we're really digging into like Snow White and Prince Charming are really important. <laughs> we get it. We're like really setting that scene of that this whole fairy tale world revolves around them. Um, so in this one, uh, we're introduced to the Storybrook version of Charming, who is a John Doe at the moment. We don't know who he is. He is in a coma. He's in the hospital. We're also introduced to gross Dr. Will, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> we discover Mary Margaret reads to him, like the perfect Mary Margaret nun that him. she is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mary Margaret, fun fact, is supposed to be a nun, not a teacher, which is why she's called Mary Margaret. And then they were like, let's make her a teacher instead, but keep this really weird like Catholic name <laughs> for no reason. Um, okay, honestly, okay, I'm so, very thankful they did not keep her a nun, though, because do you know how comfy that uncomfy that would have been? Oof. Oh, yeah. You have to break your nunnery? Like, no, yeah. we didn't need to unpack no, that. That's too much. We don't need that. That's too much. <laughs> um, what is your favorite uh, standout? moment in uh, the first John Doe episode. Oh, it's obviously when Dr. Whale and Mary Margaret go on their date. Um, oh, gross. Fantastic. So gross. That's my favorite part of the entire episode. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's uh, rough. That was especially, I think this is the first one where we really get into. Yeah, what else happened in that episode? Ruby, like, like Ruby being salacious. Like that yeah, was like our first. Yeah, we hate Ruby's character. Not, we love we Ruby, don't but. Hate, we don't hate Ruby. We hate how she was written. For now. Right. We eventually will change our mind, but right now, can't. Yes. Accurate. I can't remember um, what else happens in this episode, to be honest. This episode uh, is, uh, it, this is the, Snow Falls is her 
it's supposed to, I think, be the double entendre of her falling first charming and also like literally falling out of the tree. <laughs> like, um, so this is we thought this episode Snow was boring meet now, right? for the first time. I think it was very slow yeah. and very now, now think about, and this happens in lost all the time. Think about how slow certain character stories are written and lost. And then when they pay off, you're like, God, I'm glad that they, that they took their time. Right. And, and we've established this in the show while we're watching that we are not supporters of skip episodes. We do truly think that every episode has meaning and it deserves to be watched. It was written for that purpose. This was just one that I think we both agreed. We were like, oh, it's kind of tough to get through. It, it just it just didn't uh, it wasn't exciting, but they needed to give you that like real. And it was right after um, we came down from Daddy Regina. Oh, yeah. Getting his heart that was the last thing out. we saw. So it's literally him. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones where it's hard to compete against what you just watched, especially because we're watching it so close together. Like, it's not like there's these giant right. gaps between what we're watching. Right, 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 right. Um, but the 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 pretty big oh my god, another delete. I did, was just like not looking at deleted scenes at all. But they're like now I realize how important they are. Right. Um, apparently, okay. So it says uh, they watch the security tape of him exiting to the woods. They leave and call Graham for uh, and Graham calls for backup. Emma wants Mary Margaret to stay behind, but she disagrees and wants to go with them. Mary because she feels responsible that David Wait, woke up. This, episode, this is when David wakes up. This is the episode where all of a sudden Regina finds Abigail, whatever Catherine, whatever her name is. Yes, at the very end she comes in and is like, and we're like, this wait a second, wife. you're showing up, and Emma is doing the same exact thing where she's like, we, this man has been a John Doe. And now, conveniently, right. Regina finds his wife, and she questions it. Valid. Valid questioning. Right, right, right. Um, I think that was the best part of the episode. I think that's really the standout, is do we trust Regina? Do we trust th this person that she found? We didn't really know whether or not Catherine was legit or not. Was she an actor? What What was the deal? Um so yeah, so this is this is mostly the the very, very beginning of the Snow White charming tale of them first meeting episode four uh is the price of gold uh with our buddy rumpelstiltskin this is uh this is when this entrance music was, was first used because he just pops in out of nowhere and just like every time he enters a scene it just feels like his own personal sitcom um this is the backstory of rumpelstiltskin and cinderella so we really get rumples out of before he's in jail that they stepped back just a little bit um to kind of uh give more insight into rumple and by extension mr gold's affinity for making deals with people this is the first time we really i mean he does make a deal with regina about like i want to i want to have my memories and i want to be able to or not my memories i want to be have a position of power when we're in this new town or whatever um but this really gets into like how much he likes making those deals and and the way that they kind of progress where he really makes you want something and then there's a price to it and then not only is there the price is usually very high and you have to kind of guess and then he he kind of wiggles his way into like well now you can't live without it which is what most good salesmen do um and we find out it goes a little bit beyond that but uh what was your favorite what was your favorite moment of this cinderella's episode is just basically about a like a young teenager basically having a kid in this storybook but also the Cinderella tale being dark. Right. So he has to give up. 
My favorite part has to do with Rumpel making a deal. When he makes the second deal with Cinderella, where Cinderella's trying to get out of it because she finally comes clean and is like, I made a terrible, I made a bad decision when I was desperate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think I finally realized that I think Rumpel always has an ulterior motive because it was too easy for him to fall for this. Right. And we questioned right. it in this episode because this is where, if you haven't listened to this episode yet or watched this episode, um, Cinderella goes and tries to trick Rumple by saying, oh, well, I'm having twins, so do you want to make a new deal? And Rumple's like, all right, sign mm-hmm. paper, let's go. No right. second thought to it. And you're thinking, right. he's way smarter than this. And he gets caught and he gets, that's where he's thrown in the um, cage to be taken away but the way that he presents himself and he says it like oh well i guess this is it like you're thinking "Mm, he wanted to be there why did he want to be there why was that well he already knew that the curse was gonna happen and so his the time in the enchanted forest was limited anyway so why not i feel like for him be playing around with people from behind bars where they think they have control over him, but he's going to be released anyway, eventually that, that would feel like sport for him to just like be in a place where everyone comes to him. You know what I mean? That was just a big rumple moment for me because I was like, "Mm, this guy can't be trusted, but I think he's my favorite character. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Really. Um, and this, the price of gold, the, the, the many different, um, the ways to interpret that title of the price of gold of like Mr. Gold and like his actual, you know, this is the all magic comes with a price is the first time it's ever said in the show. Um, so this is, this is a big, big stand. I think this is the first one of, of where we were like, okay, I think we're out of the like setup episodes and this one was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so after we get our Rumpelstiltskin background, we find out with the Cinderella, we also find out a little bit of the hero element of Emma of like, I'm not going to let you have your baby on the side of the road. Like she's like saving people already, even though she just keeps saying she doesn't want to, but she's very clearly the savior type. Um, she has a savior complex. Yeah. And Cinderella comes back in next week's episode for the first time since at the end of this episode she delivers the baby there's also some strife over the dad the dad comes back um yes, yes. right the the baby's father um so they actually will appear and have some business to do in uh next week's bell episode so we'll get to see them again um but then we uh we i think this is when emma makes her first deal with mr gold ever uh to, to get out, out of the deal that she had to mm-hmm. give her first point away so now emma owes gold a favor um, so the next episode is That's Still Small Voice, which is episode five. This is the Jiminy Cricket episode. So at the end of season four, there's a lot of prop stuff. This is when the chess set falls on his head from King George, which is later. This is when the puppets show up. This is There's a lot of like little props and things in the pawn shop that start to show up later. Um, that's Still Small Voice is now when we find out where those puppets came from. Um, and we've talked and, about it. That's my favorite part of the episode. And... I mean, it's it, the, the, having the storytelling be so uh, unexpected in that way, I think is really like having gasps consistently at the end of episodes, uh, not because they build up to a moment, but they they build to a moment you didn't know as the viewer you were building to. And right. then when it happens, you're like, wait, what? Like you're totally thrown off, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, so this is all... Jiminy Cricket getting to be that conscience that we all know of him. So this is instead of, and they live happily ever after. This is the pre once upon a time story for Jiminy, um, how his parents are or how he grew up. 
and you and really do learn that Jiminy that always has been good at heart. I he has. I harp on him from in Storybrooke because he's a terrible therapist, but he is <laughs> a very is good person. <laughs> He is. He really is. And and so much so that he dedicates at the end of the episode, dedicates his life to voluntarily becoming a cricket <laughs> that he asked to be oh my so that so that he could try and right his wrongs. And then the answer to writing his wrongs was stay with this one little kid until he grows up and be with him for the rest of his life and help him basically him navigate through life because <laughs> he killed his parents. Um, but like a lot of good uh, taxidermy this, this gross uh this taught us that the show is really good at an emotional character story that we can really care about Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like one like isolating a single character who's not a main character and making us feel very deeply about their um Mm well-being and how they make their decisions yeah yeah and not just their outcome but also what they do with their skill and their life and how they affect other people as well yep um this is the debut of uh, Keegan Connor Tracy as the Blue Fairy, our our lovely Blue Fairy. We'll find her in, in Storybrooke uh, in some episodes coming up soon. Um, but amazing portrayal of both the fairy and the cricket. Shout out to the production team on the CGI work there. Yes. And the costumes for that matter. Um, and we also find out by this point that uh, Henry is, in fact, in therapy. And that's a whole thing, you know, of, of him trying to get crazy talked out of his, Henry. his, his crazy fantasy theories, uh, to which we, we quickly move into episode six, The Shepherd. This is the charming background. We go back to the Prince Charming story, pre-Snow White. We find out where Charming's family comes from. Uh, we find out about his lineage. We find out about how he becomes this uh, royal because he's not born into royalty. He has a brother and the brother's killed and he has to take his place and all this other stuff, which is, again, this like I like this establishing this habit of misdirection. You're like, oh, he was a prince, right? Uh, actually, no, he was actually a loser and he had an identical twin nobody knew about. You know what I mean? Like, I like those like little misdirection things there. His parents uh, pulled like a parent trap and they like just decided like, to separate though. them. For real. And... Like that's literally what happened. You know, my uh, so question, your... we didn't talk about this during this episode, but like when did he come clean? When did Charming come clean to Snow? Oh, by the way, uh, my life is a lie. I'm living a facade. I'm actually I don't think we're there yet. a shepherd. Does I don't he think do that? Uh, I think he, he definitely does. He hasn't done I, it yet. I just didn't know if it ever came To my knowledge, I don't up. think he did. Because he told Snow to meet him and then Snow got got intercepted, told him, told her to tell Charming that she hated him, and then she ran away, and then she got her memory erased of right. their even meeting. So I don't think he ever got a chance to. He she just knows that he loved her, and then now she has amnesia. So we're okay. in a complicated place okay. with them in the in the Enchanted Forest. But the fact that he comes from being a shepherd also it will will um, inform his character later on where we find out why he does things the way that he does and he's very you know he's the hero type and it's not because of his royalty it's actually because he is not royal that he's not pompous and he's very um well for lack of a better word charming he's he's very Mm -hmm. uh humble and he comes from humble beginnings uh do you have a favorite part of this episode because i have one scene in specific that i like friggin love no what is yours 
it's uh didn't see that coming when he chops the dragon's head off and he does the thing with the sheep in the beginning of the episode oh and he gosh. does the same thing with the sheep with okay. the dragon and then yeah. kills it i love the fact that somebody who comes from nothing can do this very uh blue collar kind of technique that's not very heroic but it's very cunning and smart yeah and still be a winner like yeah. i like that idea that you can kind of craft your way into it yeah you know leaves uh leaves hope for the little guys like me right that that i'm not i'm not a big shot but i can kind of use my head and like you know and get into it um so i don't in 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 storybrook this really starts to get into the does david leave Catherine or stay with mary margaret stuff this is the super cringy do you want to go to bed or do you want to go to bed (laughs) so gross uh so he still has amnesia he doesn't remember i think at the end of this episode if i'm not mistaken he remembers or is that the next one no, the next might one. be the next. I think it's the next charming episode. Um, so the next one is uh, the heart is a lonely hunter episode seven. Um, we're going to I don't. Oh, that's what I said. I said I was going to find a drink sound effect so that we can pour one out for our our lost homies. Um, we'll just give them this. for yeah, yeah, we need to find a, a drinking, like a pouring sound effect so we can pour one out. Yep. Um, the heart is a lonely hunter is when we find out that Graham is, in fact, uh, the evil queen's huntsman that he did not kill snow for an unknown reason actually <laughs> just because he wanted to piss off regina i guess right. who then captured his heart oh no uh, in the enchanted he truly believes that every life is valuable oh right he's one of those hunters who like doesn't hunt for sport and right for yes. glory he's yes. like yeah he's, and he knew that regina's um, intentions were not obviously she's trying right. to murder someone not pure so he was like i'm not down with this right uh, what what is your what how what is your recap of how this story affects the the bigger picture? Because even though Jamie Dornan gets written off the show to go do Fifty Shades of Grey, um, which is the real purpose of this story is just to get him off the okay, show. Well, he saved but Snow. He saved Snow. Very important. Could have just killed her. Would have been the end of the entire thing. What about for Regina too? Like the fact that she doesn't always get what she wants. So, like he, she can manipulate all she wants, but people can still defy her. Yeah, you know? I think it's another level of evil for her. But also, like mm-hmm. she could have. I don't know. She could have like found love with him. Uh, with Graham just, yeah. and Storybrooke? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Regina and Graham. Right. Right, right, right. Oh, she I just, said Regina. I really meant the evil queen, but yeah. Regina, you're right. No, yeah. Uh, that's right. Somewhere weaved into those previous episodes, we find out that they were banging and it was weird. Um, but we really still don't know if she genuinely loved him or not because at the end of this episode, obviously, him being written off, she just straight up murders Graham in the last 10 seconds. I think she did care for him. And I think that shows when she, she kills him. Yeah, she was... While she did still kill him, she was hesitant for like half a second. Right. And well, when she killed her dad, I think killing her boyfriend is not really uh, out of the question here. Right. No one's off the table in Regina's eyes no one's or off the, the evil table. queen's eyes. And she did. I wonder if they make the correlation of her like crying the same way when she killed her dad. She did the same thing. She had these like weird tears and then she's like, all right, I got to keep going. Right. Um, it's a hustle. So I, I, I wonder like- <laughs> if, if I wonder if that was like a character choice of mm-hmm. Lana's to give her that human aspect because of where her character will eventually go and whether or not she it, is she going to be evil forever? Can mm-hmm. she not be like, you know, giving her that out now in this beginning of the season will pay off later uh, or if that was part of the story. Um, so, yeah, we, we Graham, we pour one out for Graham. We loved this episode a lot. It, it, yep. was, it was really hectic and chaotic. And I think that was a really good way to, to send him off. And it really shook Emma's world a lot, which I think needed to happen for, for, you know, as the savior. Like we needed yep. to give her some something to go off of uh the next episode episode eight is desperate souls 
which is all Rumpelstiltskin. This is when we find out where Rumpelstiltskin came from. Like, mm-hmm. like actually, Rumpelstiltskin, the name of the guy, before he became the Dark One with all the magic powers, in fact. We find out he had a son. Uh, we, we find, find out, out that the mother... Uh, the war... His mother oh, yeah, abandoned whatever. them because she His was mother... embarrassed by Rumpel because he was a coward. Yeah. He was a coward also. He wasn't the super confident, no, like, swaggy he was a literal sheep. guy. Yeah. Um, Meek Mouse. We then find out that he became the Dark One. We find out how he became the Dark One. We've already talked about our one of our favorite moments uh, being the misdirection of the old beggar man being the dark one and then leading him into tricking him into becoming the dark one. Mm-hmm. And that Rumpel's initial intention, as many intentions are, uh, was to use the power for good or use the power for leverage to, you know, for self-survival, not for some ulterior dark evil motive. It's called the we dark curse, have... but sure. I mean, it's called the dark one, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. I, I get it. The dark one, like, oh, I'll use the dark one's magic to do good for stuff. Good. <laughs> Dummy. No. Um, so, yeah, I think, is that, is that our, is that good? That's well, a good what synopsis. About the, that, my favorite but what part. about the things that, like, uh, set up stuff for the future, too? Not just the fact that he's a dark one is on the surface level, but I think there might be some deeper things that this tells us, this story. Well, this is where we see how fast it changed him. As soon as he got that's a hold true. of the dagger, Ooh, his whole, true. whole thing changed. He, you know, Physically, yeah. Physically, and then when he went and confronted, um, there is like a a member of the army who's out to he's like a duke or something recruit kids to join the great ogre war whatever it is and um there's this whole thing where he makes him kiss his feet in front of his kid and that's super degrading and awful for rumpel but he makes him do it right and like that's just the moment that shows how immediate that power was for rumpel and i think it was a big deal for us as a viewer to see Okay, so the last 45 minutes that we just watched of him being like a meek mouse coward is no longer who he is, but this is where right. he came and it can, from. It can even turn the the meekest, yes. most coward, weak this dagger people is, into, yeah. This dagger is bad news bears. Yeah, because the Dark One, we saw the Dark One pass from one dark one to another so that the dark one's powers will travel we talked about that in the episode that travels with the dagger all this other stuff well that will become a really important story point Mm -hmm. later so no so now setting this foundation for how the system works and how easily it is to corrupt with this power uh we'll need to know the next time we encounter it. So it's that's a, that's a that's a really really great one to pull out is even though that's not the point of this, this episode it's just to be like here's how Rumpelstiltskin got his groove yeah. back. Like it's not really like you know uh, but we also are <laughs> are establishing a little bit <laughs> of like what this could mean in in other people's hands all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So so that's a that's a really good one. The next episode episode 9 we are quickly racing up to the present day. Uh it's called True North. It is a tiny, teeny, 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 tiny, tiny, teeny bit of a throwaway episode. It is a Hansel and Gretel episode, right? Where we're just like kind of saying, yeah. hey, there are other people there here are too. More... <laughs> so, I, we needed it to know who else is in this town. Like how far does the book of stories go? Yeah, how deep? Yeah, that's true. How and, deep you meet Hansel, and we meet the witch who like, shout outs to yeah. the witch. She was right? great. And Regina, again, being evil. I just feel like we need to know how i mean we watched her kill her husband her dad we watched her kill her boyfriend 
we now find out that when she sends Hansel and she makes a deal with Hansel and Gretel who are missing their dad. Um, he went they went missing in the woods and they're looking for him. And she says, I'll help you find your dad if you help me first. And mm-hmm. they you, everyone knows the story of Hansel and Gretel. It's a house made out of candy and it's irresistible. And it's kind of like the lamp. If you touch anything in Aladdin when you're in the cave of wonder, you know, everything goes to shit. <laughs> right. So this is like that. Popular storytelling type. They woke up the blind witch who was trying to eat them. Um, and they defeated her. And Regina goes, oh, well, you're not the first set of kids I sent in there. And it's like, okay, Regina, how many children are you murdering right now? And for, like, for what reason? For what? Like, for sport? For, uh, because you're bored? Like, what is the, like, why do you, you know? Right, and like, what was the point of that? Yeah, it, it, it definitely set up uh, a little bit of a a Regina question mark moment of like, are we just seeing what she does in her spare time? Is that screwed up? So, so when she really has her, her mindset on something, she could kill her dad. But like even when she's just like Hanging trying out. to establish that she's the most powerful person in the whole land, that she's just like flaunting that around somehow and by then in trickery or whatever. Hansel and Gretel are orphans that are living by themselves in squalor and Emma finds them and has to savior her way. And she finds their, you know, their biological dad who didn't know they exist. And oh my gosh. And then we have another question mark Regina moment where Regina, you know, says, oh, I found an orphanage in Boston. Boston Boston is the only city that exists outside of Story (laughs) (laughs) Road. To go to Boston. Eventually, we'll find New York also exists on the map. But for, for now, we only go as far as Boston. And then Emma <laughs> has to be the one because Emma's the sheriff because Graham's dead. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Emma has to bring these foster kids. And it's really because Emma's the only one that's allowed to leave the town. So we don't know what Regina was thinking, what was happening. But it ends up, you know, being the dad shows up and takes the kids. And it's a great, beautiful family reunion. So it's another <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> ping for Emma because it shows Emma really... It, it, Emma really is the savior. She is going to make things better. We just don't know how and why. Right, 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 right. So it's kind of um, just more like, I don't know, I guess it's another chapter to add to it. Like, just some more meat on the bones of the story to, like, validate yeah. your feelings towards the characters. And that Emma's, Emma, does, no matter what she says, is a natural savior. She's yes. a natural cavalry who swoops in and she tries to, to fix help everyone. She's a fixer. Yeah. She is, yeah, for sure. We also neglected to mention the last episode, Desperate Souls, is the when we're really g- given some insight into Sydney, who is the local newspaper writer, who is really the, turned uh, wannabe sheriff. Oh God, yeah. So this whole episode, Desperate Souls, the one with Rumpelstiltskin, is when um, the they are running for office, basically, to be the sheriff, and so it's this political comedy of them like having a, a election in this town for who the next sheriff after Graham is going to be um, because uh, Emma's trying to keep Regina from putting Sydney, who's in her pocket in this place. So she runs and then we really see Rumpelstiltskin's uh, or sorry, Mr. Gold's uh, manipulation style yep. and how different it is from Regina's. Yes. Regina makes you at your core feel uh, pressured, feel um, like she has leverage of power over you. And Mr. Gold's tactic is to make you feel like he is a weak old man. It's very similar to the dark one that came before him, mm-hmm. right? He makes you feel like he's just this lowly pawn shop you know, guy and he, he doesn't have connections. He's never flaunting around the power that he has, which is very wise to keep that close to the vest because you never know really how much he's hiding mm-hmm. and how much he can affect. Going, you don't know what's going on in Gold's head at any point in time right now. No. And he like 
triple crossed us in that episode mm-hmm. where he's like, I'm going to do this. And then Emma's like, I know what he's going to do. And then you think you're like, oh, yeah, we just found out his whole plan. And then at the last 10 minutes of the episode, he's like, oh, no, I planned this extra thing all along. Like everybody tried to out him. And he was like, that's what I wanted all along. Yeah. Like he's really, <laughs> yeah. really thinks ahead, you know, and the fact that now we're introduced to the idea that Mr. Gold might be better at manipulation than Regina. And we have that square off moment with Regina and Mr. Gold in the pawn shop together mm-hmm. of like, who's going to win, which which mimics the one in the jail cell. When he was in the jail cell, Regina was outside with power, but who really had the power there. Yep. Like it's re- it's some really, really good uh, fighting techniques in it too, you know. Um, so yeah, so so that, that was in the last episode. In True North, we get some more of Emma Savior stuff. We get the the witch in this fun little thing with the kids um, all as well. The kids end up, end up getting adopted by the dad. So Emma saves the day again. Um, and I don't remember how it ends specifically, but because uh, there is a thing at the very, I think it was what, setting up David and Mary Margaret? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, my God. No. True North. True North is when the stranger comes to town. That no. has nothing to do with the episode. And we were like uh what this so, is so yeah we is. freaked out at the end of true north because all of a sudden this mysterious man shows up on a motorcycle don't know who he is and, and he steps off and he's just like hey can i get a room and they're both like and the no best part supposed is to be able to henry come to town. doesn't know who he is henry knows who every single person is in town they're yeah. they're yep. who they are in storybrook and who they are in the enchanted forest henry knows because he this book is his bible yeah. so when the stranger rolls in henry's like hold on something's wrong and yeah. that's it that's he how the episode ends to, he shouldn't be able to get into town they never have guests he's like i want to get a room like none of that has ever happened before granny Emma. has never accumulated any income whatsoever from this bed and breakfast because maybe it's like staycations you don't know people are trying to get away from their families or whatever do you think stay that? at the local the local bed and I breakfast don't. down the street <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah there's some holes here well we were supposed to assume that the holes are blockages from people's memory and whatever but we're always looking at it like oh yeah ashley was also pregnant for 28 years so whatever (laughs) we'll like (laughs) we'll just go with it um the next episode this is this is a big episode the next episode episode, 10 y'all we won't go too deep into it because we spent three hours going into it this was the best episode we had seen yes. up until this point hands down by a lot like we would have given it a 10 if we could yep <laughs> it was so this really gets into the middle of this and how people didn't put together this was a soap opera from this episode alone i will never know <laughs> what was your favorite part out of let's say it at the same epi- time one two three when the stranger and emma fight go <laughs> oh my god that's true no 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 you're right you're right i forgot that was in this one Th- that is probably the best piece of yeah no i'm sorry of, a kiss is a kiss and that was like the, one of the greatest moments and i don't know how we'll ever top that but the dialogue it was of heavy. emma and the stranger it was, was it was your head hurt you got a and how tight from, the shots were yes oh, oh. i wish i was so we the love diner. the stranger we love the we stranger. love him so much he like has so done much. next to nothing so, so far but we love him <laughs> If, if it gives you any indication, and it's not because he's going to, like, do amazing things. It's it's really, I mean, he does. But, like, 
this portion of his character is being milked so far like he's not even a part of the main plot of the episode he doesn't even care like he's not even he's not there for the storybook squabbles and stuff he's not a part of the town he is an outsider and i think that that makes it so mysterious and fun um in 7 15 a.m the real the thing that really happens is developing the snow white and prince charming roles in both enchanted forest and storybook of this love triangle between them and catherine and them and abigail in the enchanted forest uh he charming is supposed to marry abigail who's midas's daughter he doesn't care about her is falling desperately in love with snow white in their meeting in storybook david former john doe uh, we find out is married to catherine has been for a long time and they had some fight uh, presumably because the curse pulled their lives over from the enchanted forest made them married because they were married in the enchanted forest they were supposed to um and now david uh, and Catherine are having trouble, and David is falling in love with Mary Margaret from Storybrooke the same way that he did in, in The Enchanted Forest. This is the episode where it, like, really happens. Oh, because yeah. in, the, in the previous episode... He was he was asleep in a coma and she was reading this like beautiful, you know, fairy tale story. And then he woke up confused and felt a connection, but didn't know what to do with it. And just was ran told away. he was married to this girl and whatever. But this is the episode, I would argue, where they fell in love. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the beginning of the like, oh, my God, I can't live without this person. Now I got to figure out what to do. And everybody has that moment in the relationship. And it's one of the most precious moments that never happens and what's crazy is that we're, more it's, it's in the episode and real life and okay and that's the other thing too is that these guys are married in real life and we found out a bunch of stuff in the wiki in the back behind the scenes that you know he really wrote hand wrote some of the notes he was ad-libbing stuff you know in the scenes with her like a lot of things that are super romantic but like you go on more dates You'll see each other for the rest of your lives. You'll have a life together. But that one moment where the spark happens at exactly the same time only happens once in your relationship and once only and mm -hmm. never again. And this is the episode where it happens. Um, and I, I, I would argue possibly it might also be where it happened in real life. Because this is right in the middle of the season. Right. And, and they we were found officially out season dating, one. Yeah. The end of like, season right one. Like right at the end of season one. So like this, this would have been the middle of them working together. I feel like this is this could this have tipped it. the scales a little bit. I might be projecting, but it's possible. Um, in terms of moving the story forward, I really do think that, like, in Storybrooke, like, the kiss at the end, because they had decided we're not going to be together anymore. We're not We're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we just can't. And that kiss really solidifies, like, how far that's really going to go. Like, like, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was a lot and it was amazing and it was a 10 stars out of five and that scene between the stranger and emma we are going to be looking for the next scene that tops that one in terms of witty dialogue right that Banter, might be the one in the whatever whole show. you want to call it yeah easily 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 which brings us quickly to the fruit of the poisonous tree which is our episode that we just released this past last week um which is goes way further back into the evil queen's background uh, we presume Snow White at this point is a teenager, maybe, perhaps an older teen, maybe, um, or, or very, very early 20s. This is pre, obviously, way pre-meeting Charming, right? Or mm -hmm. anybody. Um, we find out that the evil queen is her stepmother. That's, this is where we find it out, that she is married to Snow White's uh, grieving father, who lost their widowing father, who lost their mother, the, his wife. Uh she wasn't the evil queen back then. She was just Queen Regina. 
That's yep. how she was just queen to King Leopold, who, by the way, Facebook, these groups, they hate him so much. What? <laughs> hate him because he's like, and we, we are going to get future episodes from him, but he's like the fact that he was so quick to, Regina didn't do anything, but he's so willing to trap her. And like a lot of people got really skeevy. Uh, Stockholm vibes from this guy of just like trying to well, keep I her mean, prisoner and not caring and be, you know. I think we said that being a a good king, but we said not that though guy. we were like you don't love her, so like you, you kind of drove her into into this, this. Yeah. and you admitted like yeah I'll never feel that way how I felt about but, you know. <laughs> her mom, but like whatever she still needs to love me, and we we established yeah. that we were like yeah that was kind of skeevy of you. Do you deserve yeah. to? Die by poisonous snakes? No, but I mean, it is what it is. Right. So, uh, King Leopold, played by Emmy Award winning Richard Schiff. Love Richard Schiff a lot. Any of my West Wing fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so, uh, he, th- we find out about the magic mirror. We find out where the magic mirror comes from. We find out in this weird crossover world that the magic mirror is really the genie of the lamp who was Wild. trapped in this mirror uh, like crazy okay so i think this really starts to establish that like the stories that you knew about are going to cross over in some weird right ways. anybody can be anyone and i think that that's yeah. what we're learning here because like yeah aladdin's genie is the magic mirror from the evil it's, queen yeah, snow white that doesn't wild line up at all but yeah but it's really cool to see uh john carlo esposito playing both the genie getting into the mirror getting into sydney in in uh Storybrooke, very, very amazing character work. Oh, God. Fooled us so hard. So, okay. So, in the the Enchanted Forest, Regina looks really nice and sweet. This looks like pre-evil queen, but we realize that she's actually super evil because she planned the whole thing. She doesn't want to be trapped by King Leopold anymore. She found someone who fell in love with her. Made the genie fall in love with her. Made him think that he needed to kill the king, so he kills the king. And then goes, we can be together. And she goes, whoa, wait. Actually, no. you're taking the fall so I can bounce. And then he goes, wait a second. Venomous spider, I'm not spider, venomous snake uh, that you can only find in Agrabah. Yeah. That the only thing that could possibly connect me to this, you did this. And you're just like, yeah, bro, you fell for it and so did I. We're yeah. both dumb, but now you're dead. Like, and I but, think that double cross of like falling for it at the very end of the episode, the fact that they could write that successfully twice because they did it again in Storybrooke where Sydney and Emma are using uh, are like trying to get dirt on Regina. So they're they're doing I wrote in the description for the Instagram post. Did you see that? And I was like this starring our new buddy cop comedy. Right. Between, uh, <laughs> between and you Emma think and Sydney. That Sydney's being dumb the whole episode. You're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, he just he's just like, a fumbling. Idiot. Yeah, he's a fumbling in it. And then in the episode, you're like, he goes. We got her. And you're yeah. just like, whoa, wait, hold on. Rewind. So he's really Will working Smith with rewind time. Like, the, Oh, yeah. Will Smith rewind. <laughs> and then the genie pushes um, the evil queen's buttons. And he's like, no, you cannot live without me. And she goes, you're right. I can't live without you. How about you stay? My last wish is that Poof. you are always by my side. And he gets turned into the fucking magic mirror he turns himself into the magic mirror by using a wish that he got granted from a guy he just killed i mean it was so complex like the one the first guy in a thousand years to be nice to him and he murdered him for someone who double crossed him that's really fucked up oh yeah (laughs) that's like really really heavy real heavy so um uh in terms of complexity this show this episode 
absolutely twists fantastic. and turns. Loved it. It just galore. It was hard to come after, you know, the ten out of ten, ten out of five. Uh, that leads us up to our next week's episode, which is skin deep, uh, referring to beauty. We're meeting Belle. Skin deep. I know I've talked we're about going this. You're going to meet Belle, but we're meeting for the Belle. first time. I think this would be a, an appropriate opportunity for us to once again play the promo for next week so you guys can get as hype as we are for what's going to happen in episode 12. This is Skin Deep. Eventually. <laughs> a beauty, a beast, the legendary love story with a twist. Something evil has taken The biggest what's in the hatch as of yet. Will break any yes. It's different when the beast. No one can ever, ever love me! Truly is. A monster. I'm a difficult man to love. Lost's Emily D. Raven guest stars. EBC's Once Upon a Time. All new Sunday, February 12th, 8 7 Central. And another perfect example Guys. of these insane story crossovers Rumpelstiltskin is Belle's is the beast? beast? Get out of here. So weird. Um, because yeah, every that... beast that you ever see in any rendition of Beauty and the Beast is this like hulking beast and Rumpel like a, is... Like an animal. Not. Yeah. <laughs> but but very interesting that they're starting to cross over him with like the idea of a beast. He right. still serves the same He's function He's still a of... beast, technically, yeah. just not an animal. Right. And I, I kind of really like the interpretation too. of it, that he's a beast at heart, not necessarily like a physical one. I love the um, meaning of that interpretation because it's like, it yeah. truly shows you that no matter what you look like, you can still be good or evil. Yeah. Like sometimes Jiminy Cricket is is a cricket. And then sometimes Belle's Beast is Rumpelstiltskin from a completely different story in a different era. Like I, and in the same show. And I the genie is the that. magic mirror. Like it's just so cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, I, as you can tell, guys, we're really a big fans of the show. This is supposed <laughs> and, to be a short episode. I mean, it is. This is a, an hour twenty nine. We're we're doing three yes, hour episodes, you know, now, as right? opposed to our three hour. Episodes. Our 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 two hour and forty minute like run throughs. Um, well, we hope you guys liked this weird uh, dive into <laughs> into our previous uh, experiences with the show. This is like um, an actual fireside chat. It is. I, we should have. You want, you want to put the fire on for this one? We could like call little, it like, Fireside Chat and like put the fire on. Fires? Hold on. I like it. Fireside Volume Chat. Volume one. Okay. Volume one. This is good. And now I kind of have an idea of the structure of what the. Because I was kind of making up the show yeah. as we went. And I, I got an idea of like how we could resummarize because we're going to get into like season finales, like in future ones, mm -hmm. and like how we wrap up things before we really get into it. Um, and I like the idea of. The, you know, going back through the episodes and pulling out just what's the one thing that drove this episode into the next one or set yeah. up something else so that we can kind of keep tabs mm -hmm. on where we are in the overall story. So I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, as much as we enjoyed chatting and making it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just started hanging out. Um, so uh, I guess now we can tell you once again that our phone number is 207-536-8512 if you want to leave that message we talked about in the beginning phone we made or a, text or text we made a deal right so, so this is, this is <laughs> because bad. all magic comes at a price yeah Let's so it's time to pay deal. the price anybody who knows tim tracker knows what i'm talking about um <laughs> Also, our uh, our Instagram. <laughs> Fun fact, that's where that came from. Their whole, uh, now what? it's time to pay the price. And now, now it's well, time to pay the price. Yeah, now it's time to pay the price was their version of uh, 
your payment to us in, instead of money is to like like and subscribe oh and do gosh, all this and promote I had no it. Idea. So you're like you're like paying the price of watching the video by telling other people like that was their story. Oh, interesting. Idea. Yeah. Well, so now it's time to pay the price for watching our and listening to our podcast uh, by calling us in at that phone number or the SBC pod on Instagram, the SBC pod at gmail.com for any of our email friends out there who, who are still doing that. I don't know. Do people still write emails? I don't know. If you do, we would love to get one. We, we would love it like a pen pal, you know, um, again, our uh, on our Apple podcast, if you'd like to leave us a rating and if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air. In addition to our hellos from our friends from around the world, we have the Discord that you can uh, chat with us in, which uh, will be linked in the show notes. Is that all the stuff? I think I that's think it. And now stuff. we do our our awesome outro. <laughs> we haven't decided again what it is. This is, this is our, our our comedy show at the end that we do. Do you remember what it is? <laughs> <laughs> no me either well, uh, stay it's gold. some form it's some form of all magic comes with a price and uh all shows come with a podcast and if we are going to be and, yours uh, i can't remember that so uh stay gold stay rumple stay gold and stay rumple bye bye everybody oh thank you thank you thank you no you do come. <laughs>